Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number six of the Searcy Sports Show. I'm your host, Nelson Searcy, and it's great to be back and to be healthy. Um, it's been about three months since the COVID-19 pandemic has struck our world, and fortunately, I have been staying as healthy and as safe as possible, and hopefully you all have as well. Um, and now we're back with the show, and I'm super excited for today's episode and the show going forward. Uh, my plan is to release an episode every weekend going forward, as I am now graduated from college and working. Uh, I have the weekends to make this show and continue to share my love for sports and talking sports through this platform. As always, wherever you may be listening today and whatever platform you are on, I hope you are having a fantastic day and staying safe and healthy. Now, let's kick off today's episode with the Searcy Storylines, three current stories that are catching my eye. And the first story is regarding just the unity in the community of, of the sports world that I've seen throughout the COVID-19 pandemic and the racial injustice protests that have been going on the past couple of weeks. Um, you know, the past couple of months have been hard for people in America and across the world, Um it's just been a lot going on, and a lot of the times, you know, you turn on the TV and we see the news, and it's um, it's negative things, you know, stuff that doesn't doesn't make you feel good. Um, but sports has always been a way for people to come together, um, and throughout the trials that you know the U.S. and the world is facing, um, we are seeing sports as it always has done, really bring communities together and provide unity and um, just be a driving force for people to do better and come together and fight for what we believe in and what is right. Um, and so I just, I've just loved seeing figures in sports, um, the communities that are within sports, um, whether they're from teams professionally, college teams, um, even, you know, your little league teams and neighborhoods, um, all so much, you know, service and community has, has come through, the sports world, despite not really having many sports being played due to COVID-19. Um, so it's just been, it's been amazing seeing the, um, the strength of the sports community and how, you know, everybody is continuing to push forward and work together um, towards common goals and just making the world a better place. The second story of the day is that the MLB might not be able to figure out a good plan for restarting the season. Um, it seems as if the MLB Players Association and the kind of head honchos of the MLB themselves within the organization are having a, a bit of a disconnect um, with what they want to do and as far as salaries go, games played, how things want to be formatted. Um, it just seems like they are kind of making it complicated for themselves um, in just the sense that, yeah, it, j it just seems like very, it just seems very disconnected. Um, I think that's probably the the best and only word I could use to describe kind of the the ongoing search for a you know a starting point for the MLB season. Um, the MLB definitely needs to find a middle ground that is very sellable to players, but also is very realistic in terms of time, safety, and money. And the fans, um, I just think it, it is very difficult. It is very difficult, but I think that everybody would love to see the MLB kind of reach a conclusion and, and figure out something that works for their players, for their fans, um, for the safety of all of those involved in, in the MLB. Um, 
So it's just at the very moment, it seems like things are very difficult and only getting more difficult. Um, so I'm interested to see what the next kind of proposed plan is for the MLB because the plans that have already been presented, you know, the kind of like 112 game season. And then I heard about a 45 game season. Um, it just seems very cluttered. And like I said, disconnected. So I'm definitely intrigued to see what the MLB has next in terms of a plan because they, they don't want to run out of time. It's already June. Um, and you would think that they would like to get started sometime in July or August. Um, but it's going to be hard to do that if they continue to kind of have that disconnect between the players association and the organization heads themselves. And the third and final storyline is that the NBA got the playoffs and restarting the season right. Um, I'm glad that they are sticking to a normal um, 16-team playoff, eight per conference. Um, and I, I love that having eight game, eight regular season games to prepare and to motivate teams um, for the playoffs. Um, obviously, they're going to have a 20. They're going to have 22 teams come back and play, you know, competing for those 16 spots. Um, and I think that that's great that there's actually something to play for in those regular season games instead of them having them feel like scrimmages. I'm going to bring that those kind of competitive juices back and gives them something to play for. Um, also letting teams get back into a rhythm and giving them enough time to give everyone an exciting playoff run as there, there usually is. Having said that, next I'm going to give you my final expected seedings of the conferences in the NBA and my projected playoff bracket based off of those seedings. So the final standings that I have in the Eastern Conference is pretty similar to how it is right now. Obviously with eight games only of regular season play left, the kind of shuffling order will probably not change a ton, but I think it will change a little bit. Um, I do have the Milwaukee Bucks finishing first in the East, second the Raptors, third the Boston Celtics, which is how things currently stand. Um, but after that, it does change a little bit for me. I do think that the Indiana Pacers will end up being the four seed and Miami will drop to the five. I think that the Pacers have had a lot of injury problems this year. And I think that actually the break may have helped them a lot. I think that once they get back into the rhythm, the guys like Victor Oladipo, who have sat out you know, a lot of the season due to injury, um, that they'll be able to get back into a rhythm. They'll start to play well. I really like the Pacers roster. I think that they're very well-rounded. Um, I think that Miami can be a little bit inconsistent at times. Um, and they've, they've struggled on the road this year especially. Um, so I think that Indiana will probably move up to the four and Miami down to the five. And then I have the Philadelphia 76ers as the sixth seed, the Brooklyn Nets as the seventh seed, and the Orlando Magic is the eighth seed rounding out the Eastern Conference. Now we move on to the Western Conference. And again, um, as there's only really eight games you know, of the regular season before the playoffs, I don't think there will be that much shuffling. However, I do think that a few things may change. Um, I do have the Lakers finishing first in the in the West, second being the Clippers, and third the Nuggets. But then at the four seed in the Western Conference, I have the Houston Rockets, followed by the Oklahoma City Thunder, and then the Utah Jazz, which is um, about a flip of the current standings as the Jazz are currently in fourth. Um, I I worry about the Jazz a little bit. I I, I play a lot of things off of the eye test, and when I watch the Jazz, I don't see a lot of like explosiveness and firepower to them. Um, I do think that Houston and Oklahoma City have a bit more of that, that umph to them. 
Um, Chris Paul has been playing really well for Oklahoma City and leading that team super well. And obviously with Russell Westbrook and James Harden, they have a lot of offensive firepower in Houston. Um, so I think that Houston and Oklahoma City will make up that game that they have behind Utah, and Utah will fall to the sixth seed. And then I have the Dallas Mavericks finishing as the seventh seed and the Memphis Grizzlies rounding out the Western Conference at the eighth seed. So now it's time for the playoff bracket, and the first matchup would be the Milwaukee Bucks uh, playing the Orlando Magic, uh, the one versus the eight seed, and I think that the Milwaukee Bucks, similarly to last year's opening round, where they swept the Detroit Pistons, I think that they will take care of business over the Magic, um, and I have them winning in four games, so a sweep. Um, I think that just the Milwaukee Bucks have been so solid this year, and the Magic aren't a terrible team, but the Bucks um, are just very strong in every department, and I, I think better than Orlando in every department. So I have the Bucks beating the Magic in four. Next, there is the Toronto Raptors playing the Brooklyn Nets. Um, obviously, as we know, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are injured, and that's you know the, the star power that the Nets have. Um, so without that, I find it hard to believe that the Nets will put up much of a fight. Um, so I have the Toronto Raptors beating the Nets in five. Then we have the Celtics and the 76ers. It seems like they play each other all the time nowadays, but um, I have the Celtics beating the 76ers in six. Um, the 76ers really just struggle on the road. It seems like they struggle with the Celtics. Um, I think that a lot of that is Brad Stevens kind of being able to outcoach Brett Brown. Um, I do think that Brad Stevens is a very impressive coach, and I'm not sure about Brett Brown. I think that he's very fortunate for the talent that he has. I don't think he's a bad coach, but I just think that Brad Stevens is such a great strategy guy that I think that he'll go in and be able to put up a nice game plan against the Sixers and, and has, as he has before. Um, so I have the Celtics beating the 76ers in six games. And finally, in the Eastern Conference, we have the Pacers and the Miami Heat. Um, I think this will be a really exciting series if it happens, um, something that I will try to watch every game for. Um, I think that the Indiana Pacers have a slight upper hand. Um, as I spoke before on the Pacers, I do think they have a really well-rounded team, and now that they have had some time to get everybody healthy um, over you know, the, the break that we've had due to COVID, um, I think that uh, the Pacers will be ready to go. I think that Sabonis and Miles Turner will be holding down the paint very well. I think that Victor Oladipo will come back um, and play very well, and I have the Pacers beating the Miami Heat in seven games. And now the first round in the Western Conference. So we would have the Los Angeles Lakers playing the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, the Lakers and the Grizzlies played earlier this year in a game that I watched, and the Lakers won pretty handily. However, I do think the Grizzlies will put up a decent fight. Um, I have the Lakers winning in five games, but I do think that every game will be fairly competitive. Uh, but the firepower of LeBron James and Anthony Davis um, is hard to is hard to stop and compete with, um, especially for a young guy like John Moran. That's that's a heavy, you know, a tough first round matchup for his first playoff um, appearance if it gets to be that way. Um, so I have the Lakers beating the Grizzlies in five. Next, we would have the Los Angeles Clippers playing the Dallas Mavericks, and I have the Clippers winning in six. Um, the Mavericks have some pretty good firepower as well in Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. Um, however, I do think that the Clippers are another one of those really well-rounded teams where they do have star power, but they also have you know, a good bench, bench unit and good supporting cast in the starting lineup. So I have the Clippers beating the Mavericks in six. Um, that Next, we have the Nuggets the Denver Nuggets and the Utah Jazz facing off as the three and the six seed in the West. And I have the Nuggets beating the Jazz in five. 
Um, I think that the Nuggets are also one of those well-rounded teams. Not very flashy, but very solid. Um, the Jazz are pretty solid as well. But, I, again, like I said, I just worry about the um, the steadiness of the Jazz. I see a lot of inconsistencies um, in their team whenever I've seen them play this year. So I'm going to pick the Denver Nuggets to beat them in five games. And then the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Houston Rockets. Um, I have the Thunder winning in six games. Um, I think that what the Thunder have been able to do this year is really incredible. I think that Chris Paul's leadership um, has been great. Um, I think that the Thunder will go in and and – be able to kind of overpower the undersized Rockets. Um, James Harden and West, Russell Westbrook are a lot to deal with, but I think that Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari, Dennis Schroeder, Steven Adams, and, and those guys will be able to handle it. So I have the Thunder beating the Rockets in six games. So heading into round two, we now have the Bucks playing the Indiana Pacers, and I have the Bucks beating the Pacers in six games. Um, I do think that this is a good matchup for the Pacers. Um, I think that they will play the Bucks very well. Um, however, I just do think that the Bucks have just such a strong team this year. Um, I I have a hard time seeing them, you know, really struggling to beat anybody over a consistent period of time. Um, so I have the Bucks beating the uh, excuse me the Pacers in six games, and then we have the Celtics and the Toronto Raptors, and I have the Celtics beating the Raptors in six games. Um, I think that the consistencies that the Celtics bring to the table um, are something that's going to be very important. Um, the Raptors are also a team that I just don't really know how I feel about. They play very, very good defense. I think they might have the top defensive rating in the NBA. Um, but just like I said, um, when I base things off the eye test, um, I, I like I just like how the Celtics structure basketball, and I really admire Brad Stevens that way. Um, just the way that he sets up the uh, sets up the game for his players. Um, so I have the Celtics beating the Raptors in six games. Now moving on to the Western Conference, we would have the Los Angeles Lakers playing the Oklahoma City Thunder in round two, and I have the Lakers beating the Thunder in five. Um, again, like I said, the firepower of the Lakers is very strong, and although the Thunder are you know have been a surprisingly solid well-rounded team i think that the explosiveness of the lakers will be too much for the thunder to handle and have the lakers winning that series in 5 games and the other series in the western conference in the second round would be the los angeles clippers and the denver nuggets um i think that the clippers and the nuggets are both very well-rounded teams but the kind of star power, firepower. You'll you'll hear me say those words a lot because I think that they do mean something. You know, whenever the playoffs come, consistency is good, but you need to have the ability to kind of catch fire and, and be explosive and really powerful. And I think that those teams oftentimes advance um, in the long run. Um, so I had the Clippers beating the Nuggets in five games. So now heading to the conference finals uh, in the Eastern Conference, we would have the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics, and I have the Milwaukee Bucks winning that series in six games. Um, as much as I talk about Brad Stevens and how good of a coach he is, um, I do think that the Bucks' overall team and their their power behind Giannis Antetokounmpo um, is hard to beat, hard to stop. Um, I think that just the Bucks will have a have a pretty good time. They seem to have a good track record against the Celtics in the past few years, especially that playoff series that just happened a year or two before. Um, so I have the Milwaukee Bucks beating the Celtics in six games to reach the NBA Finals. And in the Western Conference, 
I have the Clippers beating the Lakers in the conference finals um, in six games. Um, I, I really do believe in the depth and the well-roundedness of the Clippers. Um, I think that, you know, with Kawhi and Paul George, um, that's just a, as much explosiveness as LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Um, and I think that the Clippers are a lot deeper than the Lakers are. Um, I don't really love the Lakers lineup outside of LeBron and Anthony Davis. Um, they have an okay supporting cast, but just the Clippers have eight, nine, ten men deep um, in their rotation. And I think that that's going to be, um, it's going to wear down the Lakers over time. And I think that by six games, um, the Clippers will be able to shut that series down and advance to the NBA Finals. And now the NBA Finals um, would be the Los Angeles Clippers facing the Milwaukee Bucks. And I have the Los Angeles Clippers winning the NBA championship in seven games. Um, I think that the Clippers and the Bucks would be an awesome series because both of them have very structured, well-rounded teams. Um, good, you know, star power with Giannis on the Bucks and Kawhi and Paul George and the Clippers. However, I think that kind of two stars are better than one. Um, and I, I've harped on it already enough, but, um, but yeah, I just, I, I think that the Clippers the whole season have really been the team to beat. Um, cause for me, the Lakers have kind of been the pair to beat and Giannis has kind of been the guy to beat. But I, I think that as overall of a team, I think that the Clippers have been the team to beat as, as well-rounded as they are. Um, so I think that the Clippers, similarly to what I was just talking about in the Western Conference Finals that would happen between the Clippers and the Lakers, um, I think that the Clippers' well-roundedness um, will be able to wear down the Bucks over time. Um, and by you know Game 7, I think that the Clippers will be able to, to, to take the crown. So I have the Clippers defeating the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA Finals in seven games to win the NBA Championship. So now I just want to give you all a little reminder to make sure to take care of yourself. Um, that is a very relevant sentence with the current COVID-19 pandemic that is affecting our world. Um, whether it is physically, emotionally, mentally, socially, etc. Um, all aspects of our health are important to take care of. Um, so make sure you are staying healthy, staying safe, and just looking out for yourself in any way possible. And just know that if you have any concerns about something that's going on in your life, reach out to those closest to you. And just remember that we are all in this together as a giant community, um, as a world. Um, you know, people are for people and we want to see each other succeed and be healthy and enjoy their lives. So just make sure to take care of yourself and those around you and stay safe and healthy during these times. And now back to the sports. And this next topic is a very exciting topic as I am an avid golfer. Um, golf is back. Uh, next weekend, the Charles Schwab Challenge at the Colonial will be played um, without fans, of course, but it'll be nice to have a live sport back. Um, it, it's really the first major league sport in America that is going to be back in full swing, um, and it's already getting me kind of in the major mindset, um, and I want to give my predictions for each major um, that will be going on the rest of the year, um, obviously excluding the British Open Championship, which has been postponed um, till next year, and the FedEx Cup champion. Um, and first up, we have the Masters, and the Masters champion that I'm predicting is Rory McIlroy. Um, Rory has played 
amazing golf all year. Um, I think I saw something the other day that said that he has had six consecutive top five finishes, which is unbelievable. Um, he's been playing really steady. He's third in the FedEx Cup right now. Um, I think that by the end of the year, um, the FedEx Cup will go to him. I have him as my FedEx Cup champion as well. Um, he's just playing so solid and consistently. Um, and as we saw over quarantine a few weeks ago, as he played in that uh, tailor-made driving relief challenge with Dustin Johnson, Ricky Fowler, and Matthew Wolf. Um, Rory has not lost a step at all. Um, he's playing very well. Um, looks very sharp in his game, and I know that he has been motivated to win the Masters for many years now, as that's the last um, piece that he needs to complete the career Grand Slam. Um, and he's come close a few times, but I think that this will be his year to finally get that done. Um, now moving to the U.S. Open. Um, my U.S. Open pick is John Rahm. Um, John Rahm has played very well the last few years, has been around the top five in the world rankings, and um, I think that it is time for John Rahm to kind of capture that first major. Um, in the U.S. Open, of course, I see him doing very well. Um, he drives the ball very, very efficiently, and that's something that you really need at the U.S. Open more than anything. Um, so I think he'll be able to drive the ball well, um, be able to attack the flags as he's in the fairway a lot and, and far down the fairway. Um, and John Rahm is a, an, an exceptional putter, um, and that will also, you know, it makes a huge difference. Um, so I think that John Rahm will be your U.S. Open champion. And the PGA Championship, um, I'm picking Xander Shoffley, another guy who feels like he's kind of due for that first major alongside John Rahm. Um, he's played very, very solid golf the last few years, and I think it's time kind of for his breakthrough. Um, he's played well at the PGA Championship last year. Um, and I, I really do see Xander kind of capturing that first title soon, um, first major title soon, um, as I think that he's really due. I think that John Rahm is due, and I think that Rory's due for the Masters. So I'm kind of going along with, you know, my predictions being people that are really due to win specific events or due to get their first major. Um, I think that everybody kind of has their time, and it just kind of feels like for Rory and John Rahm and Xander Shoffley that it is it is their time to capture those those events, respectively. And with that, that concludes today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And remember that you can find the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and YouTube under the name The Searcy Sports Show. And you can also find the show on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the same name. Again, that is The Searcy Sports Show. Until next time, this has been your host, Nelson Searcy, signing off.